Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, a great Ram Nation partner that has served northern Colorado for more than 50 years. In the car business today, inventory is scarce and new cars are harder to come by than ever. But Peterson Toyota has new cars coming in daily and they're supporting their local customers in giving first priority to Fort Collins and surrounding city residents. Now you can buy cars online through Peterson's Smart Path system. You can easily find your vehicle, customize payments, apply for financing, finalize your purchase, and then schedule pickup or delivery. See the new to certified pre-owned vehicles Peterson has to offer and their knowledgeable, friendly staff will help you find the one that is right for you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Camelamessa with Michael Rowe as always. Today, Mike and I are going to talk about the current state of football, which is not great. And uh, later we'll have Dr. Albert Bimper, former CSU center and current interim chief of staff for the CSU president's office. It'll be a great conversation. Uh, but Mike, uh, before that, I guess, uh, I mean, gosh, it just seems like just a few weeks ago, although now it seems like forever, uh, that we were excited about the football season and um, things have gone a little south four games into the season, 0-4, and you haven't really even been remotely competitive in any of those four games. And I think that people understand it was a rebuilding year, um, but I certainly didn't think things would be this bad. I mean, it's it's been it's been a bad product. I mean, the game is over in the first quarter. We we still have not scored in four games. We have not scored in the first quarter. It's incredible. You know, they're they're not doing well in any of the three phases. Um, defense may you might point to defense as being one bright spot, but was not bright against Sac State. Um, offense is struggling. The air raid is struggling. Special teams stink. Um, which, as I said, at a high level, that's that's where I come from. But what do you think, Mike, is the the biggest issues on the team right now? Man, uh, I mean, you just said it. We are not good at all three phases of the game, and and we have some individual bright spots. But I think we have a defense that. I mean, personally, I think it's pretty good, but they're just beat down. They're just beat down. I know we, we didn't get to speak last week. You know, when we were in Pullman, you know, we, we got – we start off, we get the ball, we go three and out, and then we get a 20-yard punt, and Washington State gets their ball, like, what, at their own 45 or whatever. You could just tell the defense when they were running out on the field, they were like, F – like shit, we got it. What what can we do? Like, you right. know, our backs are already pinned up against the wall. You know, they had to play perfect, and and I thought they played well. You know, we forced some turnovers in in, in Pullman. You know, CJ man, CJ was just getting after him, and, and Washington State's quarterback's good. He's good. We're getting after him, and you know they didn't give up. And that was a completely different team last Saturday. They came out, same thing. You know, we get the ball to start the game, you know, just like Middle Tennessee State, although, I mean, we threw a pick six on the first play from scrimmage there. But, you know, I think we picked up a first down and then another crap punt. Defense comes out and they're like, all right, here we go again. And, they're, and, they, and they played like it. 
they played like a team that was just beat down emotionally on the defensive side. And, you know, that's, that has been, that to me was the bright spot, the first three games. And this last weekend against Sac State, I mean, there were outside of basically CJ and, and uh, how <laughs> Jack Jack's had a pick in three games, you know, the three games. Yep. Best, best second stringer in the, in the nation. <laughs> Not, right? anymore. Not anymore. And, and Horton and Horton. I mean, besides those three players, we haven't had a lot of bright spots. Yeah. Well, you mentioned it, the game at Wazoo, um, you know, I was taking, some notes as I just was getting infuriated. Um, you were there. I was sitting on a couch watching it. And uh, actually, I was watching in my back porch. And I'm sure I made some uh, people come out of their house <laughs> going, what the hell's going on out here? I was I was a little fired up. But, um, you know, there were so many miscues in that game. First 25 minutes, we had seven penalties. Um, there was 10 total for the game. But a lot of those were on the offensive line, which continues to be bad. Granted, we only gave up two sacks last game, so there was some improvement there. But uh, in that game against Wazoo, they had four false starts and an untimely chop block penalty. Um, they also had a snap on the ground there that uh, it was just a, it was a comedy of errors. In, in passing game, we were dropping passes. Clay was a little errant on some passes, holding on to the ball a little too long. Defense, we had some blown coverages. DBs not turning their heads, which was giving me PTSD. Guzman had kind of a rough day. Um, you know, poor tackling. Uh, you, you gave up drives on the uh, touchdown drives on the on their first four possessions of the game before you forced the fumbles. Thank you, CJ. Um, and then uh, you know we botch a field goal. Uh, what do we? Um, what are we? Two of four on field goals, and we have a missed extra point. It's just been a. Yep. It's just been awful. Um, and then you look at last week against Sac State. Yes, they're a good FCS team. Um, you know, I posted on the board. Maybe I was a little angry, but I just said it just doesn't look like there's a lot of pride shown by this team. And Random, of course, came came and came at me on that one and said that's just being emotional. But um, you've been named as the bottom team in the country. You're laughing stock on social media. National media is getting after you. Um, do you ever get mad and just come out and say enough is enough? I mean, you have an FCS team coming in, granted they're good, but you get rolled. You're not even competitive against them. 41 to 10 loss. Um, like I said, we improved in the sack department. We gave up two. Um, I think we only registered two on defense, but um, that, that was a nice improvement uh, offensively as we've given up 23 in the previous three games. Um, <laughs> But you're still terrible on third downs, um, three of 13 against Sac State. Sac State, meanwhile, went eight of 12. Uh, I think we just I think we got in the red zone, red zone just once the entire game, uh, only at 75 yards rushing. And we're dead last in the country in rushing. Uh, 184 total rushing yards in four games. We're averaging just 1.38 carry uh, yards per carry. It's it's no, that's, that's part of that's with the 8,000 stacks we've that, given that's, up. That's a lot lot to do with, but, but we're not establishing any <laughs> sort not. of running game at all. I will uh, say this. I thought last game we, we did look better running the ball. There was some, was some a little push at times. Yeah. And I think they're running the ball a lot more than they originally planned, um, just out of necessity. Um, but passing game, you know, the passing game has, has been 
feeble, 107th out of 131 teams um, in passing yards per game, 196, just seven yards basically per per attempt. Um, obviously, we we know we're dead last in sacks allowed at 25. That's 6.25 a game. Defense is is you know, as good as they've looked at times. They're 107th in the country um, with 414 yards allowed per game, uh, 125th almost sixth to last in scoring defense with 41 points allowed per game. Um, and then you look at Patty Turner, special team. Patty Turner is just not punting the ball well. He's averaging 36 yards a punt. Um, and when you're struggling on offense, you need you need a punter to flip the field at times, and, and he's not. Um, kicking game, like I said, I think you're, you're batting 500 there and you have a missed PAT um, or 115th in turnover margin. So it's just, I mean – when I looked at, I was just like, okay, where is are things as bad as they seem? And I, and I started looking into the numbers and yes, they're, they're as bad as they seem right now. Um, and, you know, I think Jay Norvell has been quite um, outspoken and uh, not really, not really holding back on uh, the fact that, I mean, he, he does say he's, he's got to be better. It's his job to get them ready to play and his job to get them ready to play clean. But you know, he's basically saying, look, we've got some guys that are not doing what it takes to to win. We got some guys not performing. If they continue to not perform, they're not going to be playing, those kind of things. Do you how do you feel about a coach uh saying those things publicly? Does it bother you or is that fair game? You know, it doesn't bother me that much. Uh we're all thinking it. I think as fans, we all most of us agree with what he's saying. Um you know, you look you look at the guys leaving, and you kind of defended Dante on the board yesterday. You look at the guys leaving. What are we What are we truly missing? Um, we got guys that have been in the program for five years that played recruited by Bobo, played for Bobo, played for Adazio. They've won eleven games in five years. Eleven games in five years. So what what are we are, what are we missing? with these guys leaving the program. I applaud them for being able to use these new avenues to help their cause, to help their careers, whether it's academically, whether it's, whether it's on the field, I'm glad they have that opportunity. Again, we talked about this three weeks ago, you know, just looking at some of my friends that played in the nineties who didn't have that opportunity. So I applaud them. I want them to go out. I want them to kill it next year, wherever they go. You know, I really do, but they don't want to be part of the solution. So, yeah, leave. I would rather have those guys leave than be in that locker room and maybe worry about, well, shit, I don't want to get hurt. You know, I'm not going to go through through it 100%. I'm not getting the ball. So now they're pouting. They're pouting. Then that rubs off on player next to them which rubs off on player next to them. And, and now you just have a division in the locker room. So yeah, go. And I have zero problem with Norvell saying this because most of us are thinking it anyway. Again, good luck to them. I want them to kill it next year, wherever they go, whether it's FCS, whether it's a power five school, do awesome. Once a Ram, always a Ram. I will be 100% behind them, but they don't want to be part of the rebuild. Go, go. And I've had to do, I mean, I've had to do that in my own coaching career. I coached at a crap school, poor school, 
we lose kids in middle school going to bigger schools, going to better schools. I had to just do with what I had to do, uh, deal with. I've had, I've seen it. I've seen it where you have kids that don't buy into the culture, don't buy into the, to the program, into the school. I don't want them in my program. And, and I think Norvell has, has the absolute right to call them out, to tell them. And if more guys leave, good. Then we get guys that want to be in the program. We get guys that want to represent CSU all the way to the end. Yeah. Well, so in case you missed it, a few new transfers in, in just in the last few days. Taiwan Francis, Ty McCulloch, Mama Mina. Uh, the first two, those guys are starters. Uh, that adds to the existing list of EJ Scott, Chess Jackson, Melquan Stovall, who was a starter, Caden Camper, who I think lost his role, and that's why he was leaving, uh, and Dante Wright, who was – that one's just a mystery there, um, that he wasn't getting playing time. But um, – Here's what was interesting that came out. Uh, the Coloradoan had this quote yesterday. Um, Jay Norvell said, I quote here, um, I started the season talking to these guys about the past and how they could change the past. And it amazes me that all these guys who are playing and starting don't want to play anymore. It kind of shows me what we're playing with. And we were depending on people who we probably couldn't depend on. I come from a school of I want to give people the opportunity to show who they are, what their colors are. We gave a lot of guys opportunities, and unfortunately, they didn't want to take advantage of them. We continue to move on. We have a lot of good young players who need the reps, and we're going to get an opportunity to play. So that is um, pretty pretty uh, pointed at that. And, and, you know, I think, you know, there were actually some really good conversation on the Ramation message boards this week. Um, about should he be saying that kind of stuff publicly? Um, my take is he probably shouldn't say it publicly. I, I, I don't know what good that's going to do within the team, um, but maybe it's calculated, maybe it's not. Um, I don't personally think it looks great for a coach to be saying that, but you know, in, in the case of the starters, Stovall, Chess Jackson was a starter at one point, Taiwan Francis, Ty McCulloch, these guys were starters. If they were unhappy here um, or with the staff, um, they could have quit prior to the season, but they 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 came in, they played four four games, right? There's like, screw it, I may leave, but I'm going to get my playing my four games of playing time in, which I think is crap, man. I think it, I think you bail on the team midseason. Um, you know, it's it's different if you're if you're a guy that's used to playing or wanting to play, and you're not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and you want to leave. That's different, I think. EJ Scott, <laughs> yes, right? and Dante. I mean, Dante. Yeah was a star here and then kind of found himself down the depth chart. Uh, but the starters who came in and it, they took away playing time from other guys who could have been getting reps here. Um, you know, I, I just think it, I think it was kind of selfish. Um, well, so but, anyway, I, I think, it, I think the comments are on the money. I'm just not sure he should have said it. Um, but, you know, he tells these guys they can be a catalyst for turning around the program. He says this is what needs to do. You guys can kind of be um, the start of this rebuild and, and leave a legacy. But these guys decide four games into the season that they don't want to be part of it. It's getting too hard for them. Um, you know, in my opinion, no wonder the last four years we've gone eight and 24, if that's the mentality. So exactly. But to me, to me, it's it's Norvell circling the wagons. And telling the telling the guys that are that are here, like, hey, yeah, people are bailing on you. You, you. This is our program. 
it's time for us to change it. Let these other guys leave. They don't think you're good enough to win. I do. So let's let's move forward and let's let's get some W. So I have no problem with that. I'll say I, I was really shocked that Stovall transferred here anyway. Um, there was a guy that in three years at Nevada, uh, I what I think he had like 30 some catches, about 40 catches. He had about a thousand yards total and one touchdown. So I was kind of shocked that he came anyway. But I'll tell you, man, watching him at that Washington State game, he dropped ball on that first possession. That would have been a first down. The, the next possession literally hit hit off his shoulder pad. He wasn't looking. Another would have been a first down on that slant. And, I, I mean, maybe Clay threw it too soon or whatever. But, I mean, it literally ricocheted off his shoulder pad on a play that should have been a first down. Again, getting us a much-needed 10 yards that hopefully we can flip the field on. And you just saw it, and then Justice came in. He was on the bench. So, I mean, I saw that one happening in real time in Pullman. So, again, I wish these guys luck, you know, and I'm glad they have that opportunity because so many before them did not. And I hope they kill it wherever they go next. But again, you don't want to be part of the solution, then then go. What do you think about so Clay Millen hurt his throwing shoulder during the game uh, on a sack? I think I remember when it was. He was kind of scrambling out towards the sidelines, got brought down, and he came up with kind of a dead arm. And I'm guessing that's when it happened. Um, Norvell said he's day to day. I'm hoping he can play against Nevada next week. But uh, thoughts on how the the true freshman Braden Fowler Nicolosi performed. I mean, came in through a, a nice dime. He, he struggled in the second half a little bit, but, um, but you know, you, it was interesting because we sit right behind the bench and the reaction from his teammates, they were almost extra ordinarily um, patting him on the back and like really going over there and being, being happy for it. It was, it was, I mean, I, it was weird almost. Um, maybe he's very well liked on that team, but, uh, but anyway, I, I thought there were some flashes there. He's obviously been moved up to second on the depth chart because he can run uh, and quarterbacks at this uh, in this offense apparently need to run with this O-line, but uh, how, how'd you think he played? Uh, one again, I'm shocked. I was shocked that that happened uh, to go from four screen to second. I really like Puller and Stratton. Uh, just watching what they have done, did in the spring, watching what limited, you know, time I had to see in, in the fall. So I was really shocked. Um, but funny you say that about how the team reacted. When we were in Pullman, after the game, we were tailgating with, by the way, their fans are freaking awesome. Watch the state fans, which we all agreed is going to be a conference rival. Uh, their fans and our fans were agreeing that that'll be a conference rivalry game in probably the next five years or so. But we're tailgating with some, and there were some kids, some young kids in like mid-20s that were behind our bench that said they were interacting with him and watching him warm up, and and they said they just loved his energy, like what he was bringing and, and that the players around him like were feeling that too. So for you to see that, you know, that's – Actually, it's kind of exciting to to see what he what he's bringing, like mojo wise, yeah. from the bench. 
you know, uh, on the field. Yeah. Uh, some good movement with his feet getting outside the pocket, but he's, <laughs> he missed on a few, a few throws, uh, yeah. you know, with, with targets that were open and, but again, I mean, he's just kind of, I mean, all the quarterbacks are trying to drink out of a fire hose with, you know, with the amount of uh, pressure they're getting from the opposing D line. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, okay. So the Rams are off this weekend. They get an extra week to get some guys healthy. Um, a little extra prep time for Norvell and company's old team. Uh, the Nevada Wolfpack next Saturday. Um, plus you got 11 guys who transferred from Nevada to CSU. Well, I guess it would be 10 guys since Stovall's leaving. Um, but uh, thoughts on, uh, did you hear Ken Wilson's comments, the Nevada head coach, implying that Norvell basically did Nevada's program dirty with the way he left, implying that he encouraged guys to transfer, guys to leave the pro, go to the NFL, obviously Carson Strong. And he basically said that kind of behavior in college football uh, doesn't, doesn't normally happen when coaches leave a program for another program. I thought that was a bit of a low blow and maybe even just something to fire up the fan base, get a little bigger crowd there perhaps. But uh, I thought it was a bunch of BS. Oh, exactly what you said. I mean, it was, it was total PR, you know, let's get the, let's get the fan base riled up. Let's get the players riled up. The ones that stayed, the ones that weren't recruited to come with, with Jay to, to Fort Collins. It totally was, but then you saw what well, one of the uh, starting DBs for uh, one of the starting DBs for Nevada that was like, no, that's not the case. Like, you know, Jay did what Jay had to do. He did, wasn't trying to destroy this program, and he even pointed the finger at Nevada. Like, you know what? He left because of you. He left because you weren't investing in this program. He left because you give. Alfred everything he wants and he's not putting out a pro, uh, product at all in basketball and yet we have a coach that has built built a program from nothing that's winning and, and you're not willing to invest he should leave you know so I mean it is what it is it's it's games gamesmanship and I love Jay's reaction no I didn't follow it so no I don't have a comment he knows yeah <laughs> he knows yeah. what was said yeah you know but uh yeah I it is what it is, but I'll tell you what, uh, talking with the alumni group, you know, when we were in Washington, uh, them trying to figure out, uh, logistics for the, the way tailgate and, and all that stuff, the university of Nevada warned them, like they moved them further away from the stadium than what they're usually used to. And they said, our fans aren't happy. You know, and we want to make sure that you're safe. So they're they're going to be in a different spot than normal uh, for that reason. So all you – I know a few people that are talking about making that trip. Be safe. Be safe. Keep your head down. Even if we win, even if we lose, just keep your mouth shut. I mean, just be, just be safe out there. Be smart. That is a really weird fan base. I've been there twice um, back in the um, – mid 2000s one I think one was a BVP day the other was maybe um the year after BVP graduated and I think it was Justin Holland uh when we were actually decent they were not very good I don't think at that point we had ever lost to them in our history um but their fans were so nasty so brutal 
Um, like literally as the team coming off the field to go in the locker room at halftime, guys like reaching over the, the rope, uh, poking, you know, guys screaming at him, cussing at him. It was, it was ugly. And I still maintain to this day because of that, what I've saw both of those years that they are the worst, worst fans that I've ever seen. Um, and that includes CU fans. I put CU a close second, but, uh, Nevada fans are just rough. Um, so I don't know what it is about them, but I would imagine it's going to be hostile for the, uh, what will probably have like 20,000 people there, you know, so not, not big, but they will be loud and vocal. Um, so do you think, uh, I mean, Nevada's kind of a mystery. I don't think they've looked that great and they got a couple early wins at New Mexico state. who's not as bad as maybe we thought they might be. Um, and then beat Texas state at home. Uh, not a real impressive win, but then you lose to incarnate word, give up 55 points to incarnate word. Uh, you get shut out at Iowa. You lose to air force last week. So they're two and three. Um, any chance we go there and sneak out with a win? Dude, I, <laughs> I think we literally have played our four toughest games outside of probably air force. I know, even though they lost to Wyoming, I, I think Air Force is still the best team that we have remaining on our schedule. Wyo just knows how to beat them for some reason. They're the only team in the conference that does, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, although I thought that last week against Sac State, um, <laughs> right? You know, I I see us winning. I mean, I really do. I, I uh, you know, you go back; they've lost three straight. You know, wasn't even competitive against against Iowa on the road really wasn't competitive at all against against Air Force last week so you know they're struggling they have that chip on our shoulder on their shoulder but you know what, what? right now I I'm hoping we do too you know I'm hoping again with with these guys leaving it pisses off those guys that are still here you know and I think with Norvell and, and, you know, a lot of people on the staff knowing Nevada's team that they're putting in that game plan. And, and, you know, I, it's going to be a tight game, you know, a pillow fight basically. And yeah, I'm still confident that we'll come out on top, but I'll probably say that for every game <laughs> for the rest of the eight games this season. Right. Well, I, I hope so. I, I think you're right. I hope it is. I hope these departures are unifying this team and, and maybe the younger guys start taking an ownership, you know, in this program at a much early, earlier time than they might normally have. Maybe they start making an impact and you could see some momentum start to grow. If, if you know, you have some success and some of these young guys start producing, um, you know, in the latter half of the year that could set you up next year which but you got to take one step we haven't had even really a glimpse of of much to get excited about or much to really hang our hat on yet so this would be a good start and I hope you're right that you know these guys the staff knows that program hopefully they're a little extra edge because of the things that have been said about the staff and coach Norvell um you know I I just hope that and I hope that this team starts taking things personally with all the bad stuff that they've been said about them and you know, this is a, Hey, enough's enough. Let's, let's step up and show some pride and, and execute and, and get it done. So anyway, um, that'll be interesting, but at least uh, we can kind of take it easy and not have the aggravation this Saturday. 
one last thing, Mike. So uh, CSU men's basketball has a new 2023 commit, Rashan Amemba. I don't know how you pronounce his name, Amemba, uh, from Austria. Um, at least I haven't really seen anything official or like uh, I haven't really. You, sometimes you look for uh, the basketball staff to like retweet something. I don't think I saw anything like that on this, but at least according to this player's Twitter account, he's committed to CSU. Uh, he's 6'6", 254 pounds. He averaged 13 points and 11 and a half rebounds per game for the U20 Austrian team and uh, FIBA action over the summer. Kind of looks like a Roddy type. I mean, that's it's a lot to put on a kid, but uh, did you look at any of his highlights? He actually looks like yeah. he's got a lot of the same skills, could shoot from outside, got moves inside. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I watched those highlights. Uh, same with you. I haven't seen it. Usually Aaron or, or Ali's kind of all over, you know, when, when something like that happens, when we, when we get a commit, when, when and I haven't seen anything from him yet, but no, I like, I was excited about what I saw on those highlights. Cause he can bang inside, you know, he's kind of that under undersized power forward, like in a Roddy type. I don't, I don't want to compare him a hundred percent to Roddy. That's not fair to either, but uh, you know, I, I was impressed with what, what I've seen from those highlights and yeah, stepping back and hitting those threes. That's kind of like, the European style right there. And in, that has bled over into, into the American style as well with those bigs being able to pop out and, and knock that down. So I'm excited about that. You know, I'm, I'm excited about basketball. We have a scrimmage homecoming day, one o'clock. So get there games at what games at five football yep. games at five. So yep. it'll be a good doubleheader day there. Exactly. Just like they did last year, that was a great, great day. So I love that they're yep. doing get that. to Moby, meet the new guys. That should be fun. All right, before we bring in our guest, let me pause real quick and talk about Ginger and Baker. This is a fantastic place with two great restaurants: The Cash, which is a modern Colorado steakhouse offering steaks and chops, fine wine, and good whiskey. And the other is the cafe, which features a new take on farm-to-table American comfort food classics. Ginger and Baker also features a coffee shop, bakery, event spaces, market, and teaching kitchen. One cool teaching event coming up is October 11th, a gingerbread house class where you'll make your own haunted gingerbread house. And they'll give you all the fixings that you need to create a terrifying masterpiece and bring it home for the Halloween season. They'll have an instructor there to teach you tips, hacks, and tricks on all things gingerbread house. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to world-class experience at Ginger and Baker. All right. Pleased to bring in Dr. Albert Bimper. He had been serving as the Assistant Vice President and Senior Associate Athletic Director, overseeing student-athlete support services and all diversity and inclusion efforts within the athletic department at CSU. He has since moved on to become the university's interim chief of staff role in the president's office. Is that right, Dr. Bimper? That's right. Um, uh, his resume is extremely impressive. Um, I could go on for 15 minutes going through his resume, but done a, a, a lot of research. He's got a deep interest in student-athlete development, particularly in the in the intersection of race and sport and how they're related to identity uh, and the educational development of students, athletes of color. He's also a strong advocate for teaching social justice and develop, developing cultural, relevant, and meaningful educational experiences for students, athletes of color. I won't go through all the awards that he's got on his resume. It would take up most of our time here. Also, as a player, as most of you know, he was a starting center for four years for the Rams from 2002 to, to 2005. That was a stretch that included a Mountain West championship and three bowl games back in the glory days. 
Dr. <laughs> Bimper. I'm, I'm, I'm so used to referring to you as Bimp. I hope that doesn't come across as irreverent. Yeah. Uh, I apologize yeah. if it slips out, but um, Bimp is good. Well, man, thanks so much for joining us. It's awesome to have you. I, we've been trying to do this for a while. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we have been trying to connect to do this for a little while, so I apologize. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to do this. And, and Bimp is always good. This is, this is family, right? <laughs> well, you, I mean, it's 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 no surprise that you are, are hard to track down. You're a busy man. Um, tell us about how this transition to your new role came about and, um, you know, what, what do you do in this interim role? <laughs> oh, the big question. Uh, yeah, so you know, I was I was with the athletic administration for uh, I guess every day that I've been back at CSU for the last nine, ten years, and so and, and have really appreciated that opportunity, and then been faculty as well. But uh, with the transition of um, uh, of administration, with Joyce McConnell leaving and then Rick Miranda coming on board, uh, he yeah he tapped me and said, hey, we, you know, he, he'd like for me to step in as a chief of staff, and so. Um, I was excited and had no clue what that meant. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it, it's been great. And, you know, in many ways I'm, I'm, I'm there, one, obviously to support the president and the agenda. We've, we've set certain priorities for the interim period um, as we are in the search for a new president. Um, but in the interim period, you know, what are the priorities of the institution? How do we kind of keep those uh, those trains moving. We don't want the institution by any means to come to a halt and, and be waiting. Uh, like there's this, um, this is a big enterprise and, and there's a lot of great activities and that are happening across the institution. So, you know, it's kind of my role is, it, it is to, to help kind of set that agenda and keep it moving. But also as there's issues that come up, um, like there will be, and, and, and there have been, uh, just to know the right folks across the institution, pull the right levers, bring the right people to the table. Um, so we just, you know, that's kind of broadly my role, but every day looks a little different. <laughs> it, we're in the middle of a, a search for a new president. What can you say about why we are undergoing this process? Why is there a, a change in president? You know, what kind of person are we looking for to take this new role? Yeah, um, and, and I, you know, I'm blessed. I'm I'm on the uh, uh, the search committee uh, for the new for the new president, um, and so this is actually my second round of that. So I've had a little experience in that. I, I was there with um, uh, with the search committee as well that that did uh, identify um, or 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 led to the identification of of Joyce as well. But you know, I, you know, I think there is. Uh, you know, probably a lot there's that has gone into why we're in this transition. Um, and, and, and much of that may be, you know, I, I probably am not uh, in, in the loop enough to know, you know, where and why the decisions were made that we needed to step away and, and separate um, from uh, McConnell and that, and that administration. But, you know, like always, and what we were looking for before, and what we're looking for now is someone that really has a deep interest and care for this institution that really believes in the, the excellence that is that is currently here and, and, and has a vision, has a, a kind of an entrepreneurial spirit to, to figure out how we take, you know, a really strong institution uh, that's strong in research, strong in teaching, strong in connections to, you know, uh, to the state and beyond. Um, and, and how do we take that to a next level where this institution is is competitive with, you know, other premier institutions across the campus. So 
Um, I mean, that's what we're always looking for in, in, in these kind of moments. And, and I think if we're looking for anything less, then, uh, then we're being short-sighted. But I don't believe that's what we are. Um, and so, you know, someone that, that is really going to um, come in and, and, and identify, hey, these are, these are gaps, these are opportunities to, to grow, uh, but, but nevertheless always um, kind of, uh, you know, see and, 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 and really kind of love the traditions that, that do exist here. It's a great place. I've been blessed by CSU. CSU's changed my life. Um, and, 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 I, and I always tell folks it's changed the, the next generation you know, in terms of my own kids and, and, and family. So I think the institution like CSU and, and just the power of education has the, you know, it, it, it has that opportunity to do so. So it's a great place to be. It's a great institution, you know, for Collins, Northern Colorado area, um, you know, it, 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 in some respects, even as an athletic department, right? There's, you know, um, an athletic experience. It, it, it can be a, a sitting giant in, 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 in some ways. And so where I had a, a certain level of, of success um, in the football program during my time, you know, that, that is, is, is always in front of us and, and always in our grasp. So um, I think someone's going to identify good leaders. You know, they're going to be a good leader, but they, they identify other good leaders and let them, let them lead. You know, these are things that um, we're looking for. Um, I could go all day, so I better stop. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous perspective. You talk about how education has changed your life, transformed generations, you know, of your family. And then you also look at how you got here. I mean, part of that, part of the reason you're here is through your football uh, acumen, right? And so. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So if y'all know the real history, right. And you could ask Sonny, I only <laughs> won two football games when I was in high school in Texas. And so I remember when Sonny recruited me, I said, are, are you sure you're coming for me? <laughs> <laughs> you no know, good coaches will find the talent anyway. <laughs> well, so, so what's interesting is, um, you know, that's, there's always this debate of, you know, you've got some professors who do not believe in athletics and, and why are we giving so much money to athletics and it should be given to this, uh, department and whatnot. So as you've transitioned into this role, I mean, uh, and over the years, how, have you gained any, any impressions of how athletics is viewed and supported um, as the university as a whole, or in particularly by the president's office here at CSU? I mean, yeah, over time, and, and, and I've experienced that at, at a few institutions that I've had a short kind of stint at, um, that, you know, the conversations around the the placement, the value, the, 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 the value add to the mission of an institution um, seen through athletics is, is, is sometimes in question. So that's not a, a new conversation for, for CSU. Um, I think that, that we as an institution, I think, but I know as I believe that we as an institution um, see that, that the athletic experience adds value to the to what we want our students to to experience while they you know they're while they're in college. Um, I think it has opportunity to to give us reach as an institution. Um, it has opportunity to also talk about the access mission. You know, someone like myself as a first generation student uh, coming to college and, and giving that opportunity through you know one particular talent of of. Of be, you know in, on the athletic arena, but um, giving them space and opportunity to excel in other other arenas in the classroom and so forth. So, athletics is 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 just another door 
that we believe is part of that land grant mission? Um, is it, you know, in the ways in which we want to engage students, right? The whole person. So students, you know, as an athlete, right? It, it's one part of us. And, it, you know, um, I say us, like I still identify a little bit as a student athlete, but it, it, it's one part of who, you know, who an athlete sees themselves, but, it, but it's not the whole thing. And so um, I've been really excited in the roles that I've had in athletics to, to think about student development and, in, in, in many ways, right? That is just the, the window, the hook. <laughs> and then now we talk about career development. We talk about um, the kind of identity development, you know, th that own personal development. Students become themselves and become the next versions and best versions of themselves. And we just have a, a window in which student athletes have entered through this one particular door. Um, but I, I, I think it is it's very much a part of uh, what we believe makes us a strong institution from kind of the vantage point that I, that I'm at now. And, and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, maybe that's my bias and I guess we could, we could argue and debate that another day. Um, but, but I believe it, it, it adds value and has a very central role to, um, the many aspects of what we believe to be this kind of robust sense of education. I don't kind know if I answered all that question, but there you go. <laughs> great, it's a great answer. No, I, I I I thoroughly enjoy this, and I feel like some of the these questions that I I'm interested in finding out from you um, are just at such a a lower level from what you're wanting to talk about here. But oh, yeah. um, you know, looking at um, you know the athletic department and and Joe Parker has said that you know as an athletic department, our goal is for CSU to compete at the highest levels, and we've seen all this conference shifting uh, and this landscape has just gone crazy with with schools going from the west coast to the to the big 10 and um but with all the shifting there's talk of conference realignment and you know there's a hope there's always been a hope that csu may be able to someday step up to the the power five level for instance um, we haven't necessarily seen the on-field results in football to merit that but is the university aligned with those kind of goals i mean is was it ever with joyce mcconnell a uh, state admission to hey let's let's advance and, and see what we can do to put csu next to the likes of cal stanford you know at the table same pac-12 table as those kind of schools is that ever a stated goal of this university or is that more just at the athletics level I mean, well, it, as I sit in this seat right now, that will always be my goal as long as I'm sitting in, in this, you know, you know, in this office is that that um, not necessarily the goal. I, I wouldn't probably go so far that we have to be in any particular conference. Right. I, I really I also love the conference that we're in. You know, I think the Mountain West has um, uh, is a strong conference as well. But the goal will always be that that CSU is trying to compete at its highest level. And so, and trying to improve. Um, and, and so that is, you know, through finding success and sustained success in our current conference that then elevates us into a conversation um, into, you know, kind of the, 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 the bowls and, 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 and postseason play, you know, that, you know, that's always gonna be a conversation is how do we find sustained success and excellence. Um, where does that lead in terms of like kind of the bigger power five um, uh, conferences and so forth? The, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, you, you, you're never going to get me to say that I don't want the best. And, and, and I had the opportunity to compete against some really, um, as, as a student athlete, some, some top teams. 
And so I know that this institution, it, it, you know, for me, like I was excited when I was sitting in those locker rooms about to run out the tunnel and go compete against who was supposedly kind of the best. And, and I knew that with the chip on the shoulder, that blue collar mentality and that Ram kind of stalwart mentality, like when it was time to go, we were ready to go. And so, um, you know, that's not trying to speak pie in the sky, but, it, you know, it takes time and and to have a team and, and to have a, a culture that's competitive in that way, um, it, you know, you have to build that. And so uh, from, from, you know, a president's office, from any, you know, any kind of place of leadership on this campus, excellence is going to be the goal um, and, and, and competitiveness is going to be the goal. So, yeah, that's... I, I wasn't in the administration with with uh, with McConnell, and I wasn't in the the previous administration with with uh, Dr. Frank, but I, I wouldn't imagine that they had any lower expectation than that. Well, shifting to football, um, and I know you probably won't say much about this, but I know you had a hand. <laughs> I, I, I know you had a hand in in the hiring of Jay Norvell as coach, and that was a pretty significant hire. I mean, we, I. I am so enamored by him. I think he's an incredible human being. I know the winds will come. He seems like the right kind of leader um, for us. But he was also um, the first African-American football coach that CSU's ever had, uh, head football coach. And um, I'm just curious, what what does that mean to you and, and to this university as a whole? Yeah, um, no, it's, you know, uh, I guess for, for me personally, that, that one kind of... Um, uh, marker right is is really important and significant and and I really appreciate the that you know we didn't necessarily go out and obviously I, I want to you know everyone here no one went to go find this particular person because of that one identity went to go find a really good coach and uh, he happens to be um, uh, African American and, and our first African American uh, head coach for for the football program so that means a lot but you know I was excited to to be in the room and and to 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 really kind of scour the nation for some really top talented coaches and and i do believe we found a great coach and and yeah the current uh first few games of this season um have not um landed or you know and and resulted in the w's that we you know would all hope for but uh I, i do think that that coach novell has built some really strong equity with this community and, and that, in many ways, was also part of who we needed. And we also needed someone that was going to, you know, build some roots, um, build some connections with the community. That's part of the task, too. And so the, where the winds haven't shown up immediately, we also understand that he's still doing his job. And, and he's been doing that job since the day he first, he, he first showed up. And I think that's where a lot of good energy is and in, in, in feelings and, and so a little bit of grace to, to um to this to this coaching staff and to this program so far has been given because we also saw that as as a, as a need and so he didn't um, forget that also kind of building rapport with community you know was also part of his you know kind of um, job description I guess you would say in, in charge um, so far so. I, I'm excited for him, and and yeah, it's been rough. Even as a, as an alum, as a as a former player, you know, it, it, it's been rough. But um, it's a process too, and I think we've got someone that has put it, and understands that process, 
and understands and, and, and is not, you know, I, I wouldn't imagine that if I walk over to the, to the stadium now, you know, I, any of that coaching staff has their head down, right? They're working and, and they got their chest up, they got the chin up and they're battling through a process and they understand that, you know, it's going to take time. And so, and they're doing everything they can to make that, that process move faster, right? But, you know, no one is, is hanging their head at this point. And so I'm excited for, for, for Jay. I'm excited for the coaching staff. I'm excited for the young men that are there. Um, hey, you know, I, I, I mentioned right in high school, I only won two football games. So I understand the other side <laughs> of, 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 um, of success. And, and that is not, it's, it's not necessarily, or it doesn't have to be like hang your head down and just kind of a woe is me attitude. It actually is just really learning how to grind. And if we want to be at those highest levels as your kind of earlier question, you know, we're also going to have to learn how to grind because it never comes easy. It never comes easy. And it doesn't get easier when we start winning. And so these, you know, one can also look at this moment and say, this, is, this might be to some degree, not for long, <laughs> where we also need to be. And we've been here in different ways, but with this coach, this also is a good moment that he gets to look back when he does become successful and say, do you remember when we didn't start out so well? <laughs> and you remember how you had to grind then, now that you had success, now the target's on your back. So um, understanding the process, I, I think we're gonna be all right. So it's interesting, you went from a two-win high school team to a very successful college football program, a team that actually was, at that point, what were you, a freshman in 2002? So they're coming off of multiple yeah, championships. I came right? in 2001, yeah, and then, yeah, okay. 2002 um, was my first year starting, yeah. Walked into, yeah, the University of Virginia game. <laughs> it was my first game playing. <laughs> Yeah, what and what a great game that I mean that that was one one for the ages. I was there. It was probably the hottest game I've ever. Yeah, that's right. It was so humid. Ridiculously <laughs> hot and humid. Um, so so going from that high school locker room where you're not used to went into a successful locker room at CSU. What what was I'm just curious from like looking at that locker room that's used to winning to today's locker room that hasn't won in a while and there's probably doubts and all that stuff. Is there? You know, what makes those kind of differences? Is there just a tighter bond between players, a united mission to win? Um, are we just looking at a different generation of student athletes today that I don't know, everyone's looking for the next best thing and ready to transfer? Um, what what, do you, what did you see as the locker room back then, maybe perhaps compared to what it might be today? Yeah, um, you know, our, our locker room, we had uh, we had some great leaders and um you know, as, as we've talked about winning and so forth, it actually, I think the locker rooms that um, that I learned in, at CSU and, and through the leadership of, of Coach Lubick and, and, and his staff, it actually wasn't a lot of conversation around winning. It, it, was, a, it was a conversation around working. Um, it was a conversation around kind of effort and attitude. And so in many ways, maybe they played to it. Maybe they said, hey, you got passed over because you actually, you know, you have talent, but you got passed over. So, you know, add that chip to your shoulder. And then you said, hey, you're, you're a little shorter on the side of, of being an offensive lineman. So add that chip to the shoulder. Uh, you're coming from whatever conference. So add that chip to your shoulder. So like we, it was about attitude and, and working. And, and all of a sudden, right, the wind started stacking up. Um, and 
And what I learned though was, you know, as a high school player, I always thought it needed like, oh, winning's gonna get easier. Once we start winning, like I said earlier, it's gonna it's gonna get easier. The good leaders and the strong leaders, what I learned from um, you know, the Van Pelts and you know, and others in that locker room were like they also kept, you know, the focus on the work, right? Practice was harder than the game. Um and, and, and so by the time you got to the game, no matter who we were playing, I had a harder time Monday through through Friday than I did on Saturday. Um, so the game slows down because you, you've worked and you've competed at a high level. Now you're actually just having fun um, during the game. So these type, these type of things were the conversations of the locker room. I would expect also that these conversations still exist under the leadership of, of, of Norvell. Like, um, you don't need to talk a lot about winning or or how you lost the last game. You talk about how you worked and prepared and how you plan to work and prepare um, for games and and kind of you let everything else let the chips fall where they where they may. But I think if you're doing it the right way, again, you're talking to an athlete. So, you know, it's about process. Then, then the process will um, and you trust in that process. That's that's what you. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get the results that you hope for. But I think that's carried, carried across, you know, from athletics to other places, you know, that, that I've always kind of, I don't know, like I'm a student athlete walking into this higher education thing, or, you know, I, I've never been in central administration in terms of a president's office. So maybe I still operate a little bit. And, and that's, those are lessons learned. You walk around with the chips on your shoulder that, am I good enough here? I don't know, but I'm going to work at it and I'm going to try to be the best I can. So I, you know, I attribute that to the locker rooms uh, of CSU. What do you think about these new NCAA rules, which allow, are allowing student athletes to leave their teams during season? And obviously a lot of that's happening because they're, they don't have to lose a year. They could play four games and not lose a year of eligibility. Um, and we've seen it across the country where team players are leaving their their programs. We're certainly seeing it here. In in some case, we actually have starters that are leaving here because they've hit their four games. They want to save a year of eligibility and go try their luck somewhere else. Maybe it's because the season's going sour. I don't, I don't know. But when you played and it had similar rules, would you be understanding of these player decisions or would that kind of irk you as a as a teammate? Um, you know, th- those kind of it seems in some of these cases selfish. The going gets rough, you leave. So uh, just curious is how would you would take that as, as if, if one of your teammates decided to leave midseason? Um, you know, I, I guess I would, I would begin kind of thinking about and answering that question in the sense that, you know, I, I appreciate the, the way the game has evolved in, in some respects that, that players have a certain level of choice. And, and I think that's, that's fair. Um, and, and, and they have a, a, an opportunity to to make decisions around the paths in which they want to take. So all that, right, that that I mean, that lives to to kind of who we are as society. And I, and I think that's, you know, the game has evolved and, and that's not, you know, where it's good and where we benefit from some of those decisions. You know, um, we may not always uh, have a critique or a strong critique, but then where we maybe feel like we've lost out because of some of those you know, uh, decisions by student athletes, then suddenly maybe our critiques really rise. So trying to find some balance there, I guess I'd begin there. But um, yeah, I, I think that any time at which uh, a young person decides, hey, I, I want to raise my hand and, and, and I want to step away from this, um, 
my hope is that those kind of decisions are not made lightly. And my hope is that those decisions are, 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 are more measured than sometimes what they appear to be. Um, and so I think that's what you are really trying to impress upon uh, the, the, our athletes, men and women across our sports is that they are, it, it was not because it was a bad day at practice or it was not because it was one bad game or it's not because, you know, playing time for this one season, you know, that those don't seem in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things um, enough to, to, to remove yourself from a place that can really provide you more than you might even see in front of you, right? You, you kind of, you don't see the forest because you're staring at the one tree in front of you. <laughs> um, so I think those are things that I do have concerns around as the game evolves with its rules. And, and, and again, I'll go back to this language that it, it doesn't get easier. And, and this are things that we probably only learn in, in, in greater degrees, you know, over time as we get older, that it's, it might be hard for, for some young folks to, to understand that, is that the grass isn't always as green as the oval right behind me at the next institution, or it isn't always greener at the next institution. Um, so, you know, there are, there are pros and cons of, to leaving. Those decisions to leave, um, probably, you know, they rest with the individual and that, and I hope with that person's, you know, uh, network, if, it, if that's family or, 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 or long or, or strong or good friends and so forth. But um, yeah, like it would be hard as a teammate. It'd be hard to have someone that, you know, I've been grinding with, you know, in the locker next to me and then they raise their hand and they're out. And so, you know, you have to build a culture in a team where, where the, the ones that are still behind are still about the mission and they can still kind of forge ahead. They still have an eye on on what needs to still accomplish. Um, and, and you and you wish those the best that that decide to walk away. Um, but also there's that moment where you're like, you like you also want to say, hey, like, I hope this is, you know, really the right decision because you could be walking away from something great, you know, and, and the wins and losses, you know, may not be what you want, but the experience and it, it's harder and harder to talk about the connection and the links to, um, to a really strong tradition network and, 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 and history of excellence, right, may not feel the same. And so now you've been to one, two, three schools, you know, it, at the end of your time and feel as, you know, more disconnected than ever versus someone that may have had to struggle a little bit more is, is, is very connected to, to, you know, to what a place like CSU can do for you. So um, that's, I, you know, I hear myself and you, and I know you're smiling at me. I'm walking the line there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was very, very diplomatic. It's, it's, oh, I'm walking the line there. Yeah. I, it would, it would be tough. If I'm, if I'm just straight up, it'd be yeah. tough to see my teammates walk away. Um, and I'd be upset, but, you know, I'd also be the one that's saying, Hey, uh, I still got to go here and I want to win here and I want to make CSU great. Um, and, 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 and I want to put CSU in a place that everyone's going to be proud, you know, to call this and be associated with the name of Colorado State University. So, you know, we got to move on. Do you ever look at the facilities these days and the, 
you know, the, the locker room, the stadium, the weight room, training table, uh, players lounge, indoor practice facility. I mean, all the things that we didn't have when you were playing here uh, and think, you know, what would that have been like to have 20 years ago? And then like to take it to another level, like what do you ever wonder what may have changed if instead of us firing Sonny, we gave him those resources that we have given today and what he could have done with that? Oh, man, you, you just go right there with the questions. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, the the stadiums, you know, I, I was a pretty simple kid, simple kid in the in the sense of, you know, give me the ball, give me a chance to play because I didn't believe I, I I didn't know I was supposed to be at that level. And so, you know, for me, it was hard to I didn't stare at the stadium that I played in anyways, like <laughs> um I didn't, and, and I thought it was, and I thought it was amazing and still, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and, and really appreciated. I heard the noise kind of in between each play, but like when Van Pelt and, and Justin Holland, when they, you know, when they started, you know, calling the, you know, uh, the cadence, I, you know, like it went silent for me. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't pay attention a lot to all the things um, and I don't know if we, you ever should. And, and when I've been in the recruiting process with our, some of our more recent student athletes and their families, um, you know, Joe and Joe Parker and, and the others know that I, I often point them to, to look away from the really nice stadium and the really nice resources and say, don't make your decision to come to Colorado State based on our great stadium. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a great venue to play this game. But if that's what you're if that's what you're making a decision on, and if that's what you care about, this may not be the right place to play this game. Um, I, I often talk about stick your hand in the dirt when you're taking visits to CSU. You know, find out the things that will make you a great player. If I ask those questions about us. Um, and, and that's a, when I say stick your hand in the dirt, it is find out the things that are in the soil that really will grow you and develop you into the thing, into the, the, the young man or young woman that you, you know, desire to be, that your family hopes for you to be. And many things that, you know, I'm talking down a little bit, but that's not going to be the fancy lights and the, and the seats and so forth. That's not for the players. Um, that's for our fan base and they deserve that. Um, but that's, you know, the players think about this a very, they should think about it a very different way. Um, if, you know, when I was playing, yeah, I guess it would have been nice. Um, and all those things would have been nice, but I wouldn't change a thing about um, my personal experience. And no matter if I then, if I'd say, if I played today, I, you know, I'd have the same answer because I wouldn't be thinking about that per se in terms of the facilities and resources I'd be thinking about right the the the, the culture and the people that were put around me um Sonny is never going to give a woe was me story that he didn't have the salaries or he didn't have the buildings he didn't have that right Sonny didn't need that Sonny needed a whistle he needed a football and he needed some grass <laughs> right um and yeah I guess it always would be nice to have more um, but more doesn't produce what, what, what we're really looking for in this program, right? It is still work, it's still process, it's still attitude, um, and all the other things become fruits of that labor. 
for for others to enjoy our students yeah students want to come to a great venue and and see a great you know product of 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 athleticism on the field and and have a great experience and yes we want to have you know the great experience when i now bring my family to the game but you know as a player um as a coach these aren't the things that that you think about so much um so I hope that's not a knock, and, and and I hope everyone knows I appreciate so much the, the the great venue we do have to play in. It's one of the best in America, um, but uh, you know, I, but again, you you really appreciate kind of what happens between the lines as a player, and and I hope those those players focus and think about that. I didn't mention this when I was introducing you, but uh, after CSU, you had a stint in the NFL most notably with the Indianapolis Colts, where you won a Super Bowl in yeah. 2007, along with Peyton Manning. Uh, and I know Mike wanted me to ask you this, who has softer hands, BVP or, <laughs> or Peyton? <laughs> I, I, I do laugh. Folks always ask, do you, um, you know, they're like, oh, you played and you were a center. And so, and so I, I always end with a joke. So now if you hear this, you're like, I already heard this joke, but I always say, yes, Peyton and I, we, we know each other very well. <laughs> um, in that sense. No, I, you know, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a great opportunity to play with the Colts to, to go from an organization and the leadership of, 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 of Lubick and his staff into a Colts organization that, you know, I couldn't have asked for, for a better um, experience. In many ways, it, it felt very similar. It was a good town, it was a good city in which, right, it, it wasn't too big for a young player. And so you didn't have much to get in trouble about. Um, there was great leadership on that team beyond Peyton, um, offensive line, you know, Jeff Saturday, Tariq Glenn, Tariq, who I'm still close with, and, um, who played tackle and is at Cal Berkeley now. So great relationships there, but great leaders and, and great professionals. So I really learned the business of, of, of football um, with, the, with the short time that I was with the Colts. And, and yeah, it was great, you know, to walk in and your, your, your rookie year and get a, get a ring, get some hardware. Um, but, you know, it was, a, it was a good experience that, I, that I'll always carry with me. So at CSU here, the the offensive line has had a little bit of a rough rough season so far. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, I mean we're seeing injuries, we're seeing guys having to be shuffled in and out of different positions, and you know from a fan standpoint, you look at that and say, how hard can it be? You still got to block the guy in front of you, right? But uh, <laughs> each of these positions have different roles, and and just explain how hard it is. Um, when you don't have that continuity and you have to switch positions on the fly and uh, explain why that's difficult and why that might be causing some of the issues we're seeing this year. Yeah, I probably don't have much to add there. You kind of said it all right. Continuity as offensive lineman is, is, is really important. Um, and, you know, it, it like every position and, and very critical in the offensive line, right? You've got to beat the, beat the man in front of you. And, you know, you've got to, um, you have a certain, responsibility and task and so um, but also knowing how to you know how to make adjustments knowing how to make switches knowing how to kind of read the game um and 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 play with a certain kind of skill people always kind of associate a lot of skill and you know to the offensive line but you know how to get on edges of, of of guys to to get them moving without losing you know leverage and without losing position um 
you know, so that your your running backs can can make reads. Um, you know, there's you know there there is some some technique there, and so if you're kind of thrown into it, the the game for really for young players, it just moves so fast, and so that is you know that's part of the challenge too is trying to get the game to slow down for you. Um, but this always, again, is not about the game. It's going to be about practice. Practice has got to be faster and harder than the game. And so helping the young, young, young players, the young offensive line experience um, that in practice is, is what you need. And, and, and then building continuity in practice, um, building continuity uh, around adjusting to the speed and, and being able to coach each other up on the field, right? Um, you know, pulling guys' heads up when, yeah, you're going to let a guy get past you and you got those lookout blocks for our quarterbacks <laughs> that we, we never feel good about. And, 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 and they've been taking more hits than we all feel, feel comfortable about. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a tough area, but it, it's, it, you know, it, it, it comes together in time. And so, unfortunately, injuries have really set that, that unit back. But uh, I don't have any, any concern um, and I got faith in, in Coach Best that's uh, an offensive line coach. He's actually um, uses a lot of techniques that I learned, you know, when I went to Indianapolis and, and our offensive line coach was Howard Mudd, um, who's no longer with us. But Howard was a, a, a really thoughtful, like, um, I guess, just leader in, in the ways he thought about the offensive line and and techniques and, and, and blocking schemes and so forth. And, and so I know Coach Best um, has really studied um, um, Howard's work. And so the the tools and everything is there. So it will, it will, like everything else about this team right now, it'll come in time and hopefully sooner than later, but it'll come. All right, last question. Just got a couple minutes left, but um, what is your take on NIL in college athletics these days and what it's kind of become so far? early on in, in how this whole thing looks and what it's doing in college athletics. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, again, it, the evolution of the game is, it's, uh, I describe it as it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um, I think if there's opportunity for athletes to, you know, to, to, to make money and to, um, off their name, image and likeness, uh, I, I'm all for it. I think that's great. Um, where, it, you know, it's, it's creating some challenges and some, some new ways to adjust in the way you recruit to athletes. Um, it asks of, of an institution and, 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 and a support base to, um, you know, to, to think of, of the game in different ways. You know, all these, I guess we're, we're all making adjustments to that world. So I don't know if I, if I have a, like a critique in terms of like, it's got to go away. It's ruining the game. I don't know if I'm, I'm there um, by any means. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's great that athletes do have that choice and that opportunity and institutions have the choice and opportunity to, you know, to, to, to jump in that game where they can. Um, but it's not really fully fleshed out for us. And so, it's, it's going to take us some time to really figure out what our lane in, the, in this role is as an institution. Um, I think there's a lot of work to be done for student athletes, right, to, to think about how best to utilize those new opportunities um, personally and, and, and also to, um, in many ways, also make sure that we keep a focus on the game. We keep a focus on, uh, you know, 
know, those things might might seem like to the the fancy um, and, and uh, the fancy things that you know, should catch your eye, but in many ways the game never changes. <laughs> None of that stuff ever matters until you you know until you you, you do the work you need to be doing. So. Um, you know, not too much of a, of a critique or, or support for it. You know, like I'm just kind of in the middle and kind of just letting it, it ride for a little bit. But uh, I think most importantly is helping young men and women, you know, focus on their craft. Well, I could talk to you for a lot more time here, Dr. Bimper. Um, really enjoyed this conversation. Appreciate all your insights and uh, look forward to seeing you at the next home game and, and uh, appreciate all you do for CSU, man. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we got to do this. I know I sounded too academic for this uh, type of, nah. uh, podcast. So I'm going to tell all y'all, y'all, you know, those that know me, I want to win too. <laughs> I want to win too. And so we'll get there. But uh, I want to do it the right way. And the right way is work. So here we go. Thanks for Let's classing up the joint today. Appreciate it. All right. See y'all. All right. That was Dr. Albert Bimper. What a great conversation. Really enjoyed him. I want to thank all you for listening and for Mike Rowe, Dr. Bimper, myself. Have a great week off for Man Football. Just kidding. We're still with you, Rams. But uh, enjoy the week off and we'll get back at it next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go Rams. I really hate the trip, but I got a low